Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Colts Coffee and Conversation. My name is Carl. And I'm Holly. And we'd like to welcome to another edition of Colts Coffee and Conversation. Hope you enjoyed the last episode. Uh, once again, we are going to be covering, uh, this is the second part of the People's Temple, also known as Jonestown. If you have not listened to the first episode, we highly recommend that you do listen to that first episode to make sure that you are all caught up where we are as of right now. Now, uh, of course, we are going to do our disclaimer. We are just regular normal people. This is for entertainment purposes only. This is our opinions and only our opinions only. If you don't like it, I don't know what to tell you. Anyway, let's go ahead and... Uh, is there anything else you want to talk yes. about before uh, well, we get into I this? Yes, well, I do. I do. I do want to say that we are not theologians. No, we're not. We don't have any kind of background like that. No, we don't. Mm-mm. But this was going to be our uh, wrap-up show of The People's Temple. Part of the wrap-up show, yeah, we'll be doing part of the uh, wrap-up show in the court towards the end, uh, because it pretty much is like a uh, a fastball down the uh, the pitcher's mound here on this. Because uh, once he goes to San Francisco, everything starts to pick up and everything starts to get going. You did want to bring up something before we start. Yes, going I would on like to, to yeah. warn those. It's a pretty graphic information that we're going to be sharing. We're going to pretty much not go into all the big, huge details that have been gone through on documentaries on YouTube. We just want to get through some of the historical stuff of how he rose to power and how everything kind of culminated to that one point. And then after the ultimate ending of it, some of the things that happened after. Yeah, yeah. We're not going to get into the deep detail, no, because it's... it's it. It's, it's too just, heartbreaking. It's too heartbreaking. To it's very heartbreaking, guys. And uh, all you have to do as soon the the worst part is if you ever Google the People's Temple, the images will pop up. So, you know, we'll just let you do that to your own devices. You ready to get into it? I am. Okay. Now, before we get into uh, the beginning of when they get to uh, the real brass tacks of of the hard work we're getting into, I'm drinking a delicious Spanish latte. Got to, get to the coffee. <laughs> That's part. right. We have our cult. We have our coffee and our conversation. That's right. So I got the Spanish latte. I'm feeling spicy today. Oh, and I have my gingerbread latte. It's mm. the new flavor at Starbucks. It's actually is actually really good. Did you have it hot or cold? I had it hot. Good girl. Alrighty. We want to talk about the bus, the buses and things of that nature before we get into it. Oh no, you want to talk about the healings and stuff before we oh, get into. Oh, that is right. Yeah, we want to get into that. So one of the things that we kind of skipped over, and on retrospect, I was a little disappointed that we didn't go through it. But when he was in Indiana, I right. believe, maybe partly in Redwood Valley, yeah. they were doing healings. Now in the Pentecostal church, it's not uncommon to have a healing services. Mm. And especially in the 50s and the 60s, they used to have people that would do tent revivals and they would do these healings. Well, he decided that's what he was going to do. And it it really brings the crowd in. It does. And especially in a rural area, you know, they didn't have... When the circus comes to town, everyone went to the circus. When the revivals came, everyone went to the revivals. So it was some common thing to do and he was trying to build a congregation. So he would have these great healing services well it just so happens that they were not genuine mm. and well, the one of the one of the most poignant ones was a person that was in a wheelchair go on and she came in and you know she he was you know praying over her and everybody was giving their energy towards that and praying for her and the next thing you know she oh i feel my you know toes i feel my leg you know the whole thing and she jumps out of the wheelchair and she's walking up and down and everybody's just going crazy well i came to find out 
a few weeks later that someone that was in the crowd realized that that was one of the secretaries that he had. Oh, wow. That worked in the office. That's funny. Yeah, so the bottom line is that was, it was fake. Yeah, well, you know, I mean, there's a lot of things that he did that didn't have turned out to be true. So. No, that is correct. So yeah. I just wanted to get that one out there. Thank you, Carl, for reminding me. You're very welcome. All right, so we left off of them actually uh, going, uh, leaving from the uh, Redwood Valley, heading over into the city of San Francisco itself in the heart of. So in 1972, he uh, took the uh, People's Temple to San Francisco. And, of course, San Francisco is a very large city, so you need to get your name out. Right, you need to get your name out, you need to get known. So what did he do? He decided to have the parishioners start working on electoral campaigns because they're always looking for volunteers and obviously, you know, that's the best way to get it. Rub elbows with the big boys. And also do uh, uh, demonstrations on social issues. Now this is San Francisco. This is... Well, they're very progressive. Very progressive, And that's a word that is meaning that they want to... They're they're more liberal, I guess you want to call it democratic, like a democratic party versus a Republican party. Right. So he was in a socialist movement, which would yeah. be more towards that end, and he had a big volunteer, quote unquote, army of people. Yeah. He could call up within six hours if someone needed to have a demonstration, someone needed to have crowd fillers. They would just get on their buses and they would go to the appointed place and they would do whatever they needed to do. They had a lot of buses. Yes, and they had a lot of people that that could do that. And so it was a ready-made volunteer workforce. Yeah. And so those politicians, oh, oh, I I guess what happened too is they created, they had supervisors in San Francisco Mm. and then a mayor instead of councilmen. So what they did was they would go by districts instead of just, you know, like if they had five or if they had four, then they wouldn't they wouldn't just be the, the top four that won. It would be per district. Right. So the people that lived in the districts that had African Americans, they really relied on Jim Jones and his people because if you had any constituency in those black neighborhoods, you needed to be a friend of Jim Jones so he could help you with that. Yeah, exactly. So anyway, so that's what he started to get his uh, name out to who the People's Temple was. Oh, and they also talk about the bus ministry. Now, the bus ministry okay. wasn't like what my background is with bus ministry of children. This would more of a bus ministry of adults and elderly people. Yeah, that's correct. Uh, they would uh, pick up the elderly from their homes. Uh, their apartments, things of that nature, and they would, uh, he, he would be with them. He would go door to door and take them. Okay, and that they would nice go to the church. They'd go to the church, mm-hmm, yeah. To have church there. Mm-hmm. Okay. So, yeah, so also, so during the, these couple of years while he's getting the church set up, they also decided to uh, develop Jonestown. Now, Jonestown is in Guyana. They per- they send about 50 people out there to go ahead and get it prepared. So he's, remember at this time, he's thinking about the end of the world. He's thinking about That's right. the, the destruction of everything. So he's trying to find a place to get away from, you know, nuclear activity. Right, because as we remember, he was spent a couple of years in Brazil. That's correct, a couple of years in Brazil. So now he has his little utopia in, or they're building their utopia at Jonestown in Guyana. So now during this time when uh, the, the church is getting out and they're doing, of course, the, the election campaigns and also the demonstrations, um, he gets to rub elbows with a lot of popular people, the supervisors, like we mentioned, and he also gets a, a nice little a job here with Mayor Moscone. If that name sounds familiar, we'll get into it in just a second. 
He ended up being the chairman of the housing authority given to him by Mayor Moscone. Yes, and I wanted to say about that appointment, it was an appointment that the supervisors would appoint. Right. But not all the supervisors were on board with this appointment of, of Jim Jones. Yeah. So there's another politician of a lot of power at the time and even in years past. His name is Willie Brown. Yeah. Now, Willie Brown eventually did become mayor of San Francisco, and he did go on to be the Speaker of the Assembly in California, which was kind of like the Nancy Pelosi is in our national right. setting, but this yeah. is in California. He had a lot of power, and one of his protégés is now our current senator. Kamala Harris. Yes. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So he is a power broker at the time. Well, because some of the supervisors didn't want to vote Jim Jones into this housing authority position, he told them, well, I'll just introduce some legislation to take that power away from you, so you do what I say. Right. All right. I didn't know that. Continuing on with that, he ended up becoming the chairman of the Housing Authority. Now, once again, with Mayor Moscone, you know, he's, you know, we'll get into that later on, probably. We'll get into that now about Mayor Moscone. Well, we'll talk about it. He was the mayor that got assassinated by Dan White, along with Harvey Milk. And that was the, when Dan White ended up going to court, that was the Twinkie defense. Right. And this happened nine days after. Yeah. Oh, I, I see. Yeah. Okay, yeah. This yeah, well, you know what? That's a little teaser. We'll go ahead and continue on with that. Yeah, so that's just so in case you think just that Just put that in the back of your mind. Yeah, put that in the back of your mind because I was a Mayor Moscone, why do I know that name? Exactly. Okay, so now of course outside the church he's looked like a a hero, you know, a, a social hero. A social hero, mm -hmm. exactly. But inside the church, no. He was considered a tyrant. Now why would you think of he would be a tyrant? Well, this is what he would do. Um, he would hell, uh, hold uh, public humiliation and catharsis sessions. Now, a catharsis session is one of these things that you you release your you just tell everybody your your what your sins. Your confessions, basically like a confessional, a mm -hmm. public confession. And then that's supposed to help you heal. Yeah. Well, it didn't work no. that way. What there's that story about what was it that that woman who was stripped naked there was a woman who was stripped naked everything off and then people were starting to criticize her body everything about her and in that i mean can you imagine i'm going to church i'm going to even a social you know gathering of of an organization and this is happening where there's a person naked and you're all talking you know negatively cutting her down right now the leader who was supposed to be either a pastor, a preacher, uh, spiritual uh, guider, uh, yeah, church, something, whatever, you yeah. know, a leader is there watching the whole thing. He has sunglasses that, on. Yeah, that right there. He's yeah. hiding his eyes He's most, hiding of his eyes time, most of the time. But he decided he he put his and this was reported by more than one person. Yeah, the, he put his glasses people, down yeah. and he's looking over them, looking at this woman, looking at the whole thing going on and pretty much enjoying, enjoying it. Enjoying the fact, yeah, yeah. So he was into the public humiliation. Yeah, if, if your pastor is teaching with sunglasses on indoors, yeah, you need to start, get out. And not only that, <laughs> yeah. he, there was other, were the whippings? Oh yeah, no, we'll get, we'll get into oh, that, we'll okay. get into that. So yeah, so he did that, and the, but the thing was is that even though he did all this, a lot of his parishioners were extremely loyal to him still to that, to that where it would be fear, or just, they just didn't care. 
it wasn't them, so it doesn't matter. Ooh, but that's the, dangerous thinking. That's very by the dangerous way. thinking. It is. Well, also, the, but the elderly folk. They were the most loyal. Now, what they I would think do, they were the most vulnerable, too. They were. And, you know, they're getting you know, up in age. And, you know, you don't know their personal situation, but most elderly feel that they're forgotten. So They did have a purpose. They were, you know, doing good deeds. They, yeah, they were. They, it, being it, yes. taken care of. Being taken care of. Being recognized as, as a person instead of a liability. Mm-hmm. They would sign over their Social Security checks and they would sell their homes or give the homes to the to the church itself. So, of course, you know, the coffers start getting full. Well, back in now, going a little further now, in 1977, some information started to leak about the church by guess who? Defectors of the people of the church decided to leave. Now, one of the defectors saying that there were guards that were following uh, the parishioners to school or at work. And she personally was afraid to even speak to her parents because she didn't want to be accused as being negative. So that's she didn't want to be put in front of everybody and, and go humiliated. through that and humiliated. Mm-hmm. She didn't want to do that. Another defector said that the original punishments were whipping with a belt. Now, <laughs> I know that's 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 insane. But what's even worse is they moved to what looks like a board. They call it the board, but it's probably a paddle board. Yes. Um, well, this parishioner's daughter, uh, she got 20, uh, 75, I'm sorry, 75 lashes with the board. Now, well, you know, even in my other days, I would call my Baptist days, mm. we never did that. I mean, we did some spanking of children. Sorry, but I did. But it was never 75. Yeah, 75 is a lot. Basically, what happened was his daughter dressed down for the gym. Her classmate said that her backside looked like hamburger. And then another defector said that they uh, did a mock suicide, that they all drank something, and then Jim Jones said that they only had one hour to live just to see what their reaction would be. Right. They, he told them that he, you just drank poison, you have an hour to live. And yeah. some of the reactions, he just wanted, he really enjoyed the fear that people had and he was controlling their fear. And of course the mothers and, you know, I mean, you can just imagine what happened. And then of course he told them, oh, I was just testing you. It's a loyalty test. Yeah. But someone mentioned this loyalty test, it was kind of ridiculous because most of those people... They were coming there to all the services. They worked there. They gave their money. I mean, they were loyal. Why do you have to test them even more? Well, you know what? My Louisville slugger was very loyal to me, and I'd put it to his face if he'd ever well, did that to me. Well, it was unfortunate someone didn't. I know, right? The article that we're speaking about in regards to was, uh, it was called Inside the People's Temple by the New West Magazine. Now... Here's a little backstory behind this. Now, Rosalia Wright, she was the editor of that magazine. Now, she called Jim Jones as a courtesy prior to the publication. Now, she called because of all the support letters that she personally had received from supporters as well as the governor of California at that time, who is Jerry Brown. Now, these are supporters of Jim Jones. These are supporters of Jim Jones. That is correct. Now, while listening to the call, because obviously it was over the phone, he wrote a note. Because there's more than just one person inside the room at the time. He wrote a note and gave it to one of the members and they passed it around. And it said that we are leaving tonight. Notify Georgetown. Now Georgetown is their their main city that they fly into in order to get to, to Jonestown. Right? To Guyana. That's correct. Now, of course that was in 77. Now, now And he fa- basically did fly out. He, no, they did leave the next day. Because that article came out. 
and now he was exposed and he was did not want to face any of these because most of the stuff was true or all of it well yeah all of it probably was true because remember this is all from people who defected mm -hmm. these are all people who defected so now in 1978 Jonestown went from 50 to over 900 people in population now the people who were going to who ended up going to Jonestown the majority of them those uh, moved were uh, promise a tropical paradise uh, free from wickedness of the outside world now a lot of these people like I said prior to they gave up their social security so you had a lot of elderly so they're vested they're 100% vested in so why not go Yes, a lot of them didn't have much in the United States, and they felt like, well, they're part of this community. Uh, we have a chance and a shot. They believed in the cause. Now, when they were down there in Guyana, they were self-sustaining. Mm. There was a medical center, yeah. daycare. They lived in cottages. Yeah, little makeshift cottages. Uh huh. And they had crops and and animals, and you know, it was pretty good. I think some of them were a little shocked when they got there because it was hotter than they thought. Well, it's hot, and you're from a complete urban background, and then you show up to the farm. Yeah, it was pretty shocking. The only news that they got was from Jim Jones himself. Yeah, he had a PA system there. He had a PA system set up all over the all over the. Uh, yeah, anywhere that you area. were, you could hear this PA system. Yeah, that's correct. Of course, it was in a radio room uh, where he would sit and talk all he would talk about long. yes about their socialist you know thinking about his ideas and he would give them false news about the united states that there was race riots they were right. you know gathering up people to kill them and they were safer being in guyana right and not only that he would record these tirades and he would play them all night long poor people Jeez. And you know you're working probably twelve or Four, more hours, hours a yeah. Day, yeah, and you're in this difficult climate, and then you're listening to that all night, yeah, <laughs> fun now, can you tell me something about what the white knights were now, to my understanding, the white knight was the code to my understanding, he was considered the white knight i'm not too I'm not sure. sure about all that, but go ahead what what was that what when he said this is a white night, what would that mean? That that would mean everyone had to go to the pavilion. Okay, in the middle of the night. They'd in go the middle of the night, and he would go on his little speeches, talks, sermons, however you but want to But I believe it. it was, we're in danger, and we're going to have to... Uh, he talked about everyone committing suicide several different times. Yeah, I, I believe so. Yeah, they brought it up, but... Well, they, they did have trials. They, I mean, they had, not trials, but they would practice right. what we were going to do because he had so much, he put so much fear into them. He, They felt that the government was going to come, take them away into camps, kill them. I mean, he had them believing all this stuff. Right. Well, and the thing, too, is to kind of back you up on that is, or to jump on on top of that, is that Jim Jones Jr., his son, was there, and he was talking about how you know, his dad's drug use was at just the oh, right. absolute, just insane level. And, of course, his mom, you know, would say, you know, we, we, you know, we can fix it, we can fix it. And he was always saying, no, you're talking to a man who thinks he's God. Like, to credit to Jim Jones Jr., he really 
you know, was open about, no, dad's nuts. He recognized, he recognized the mental illness. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. You know, it was one of those things where there, there was, he, was, he was out of control at that point. Now, I'll continue on. Now, back at home in the United States, there was a movement to continue to keep Jim Jones exposed, and that was a place they were called the, the people were called the Concerned Relatives. Now, the Concerned Relatives, obviously, pretty much that. People who are either defectors of the church and people still have family members in there, or just they were not members of the church, but they were familiar with what was going on. So, of course, they made a big, huge uproar, a big, huge stink, especially with the uh, article coming out. Well, the concerned relatives knew that their family members were in Guyana. They weren't able to talk to them. Oh, well, no communication. Yeah. That's right. They only had the radio. The radio, yeah. And then they would patch him in somehow. Well, no, they had the house in Georgetown. Remember? Yeah, they had but the they house did. In Georgetown with the, they had, I believe they, I believe they may have had a phone there. Or at least you're in town, you have an access to a phone. But yeah, but these regular folks, they never went into Georgetown. No, they never did. So they couldn't, I think they had occasional times where they could talk to their relatives in the United States, but they were monitored, so they couldn't say anything. Hey, get me out of here. Right. And of course, the mail, they didn't really have mail, no. or they would be monitored. Oh, yeah, of course. Everything's monitored. Everything's opened. Yeah. So, yeah, so in 1978, in November, of course, uh, Congressman Leo Ryan, who we know, well, we'll just continue on that. Congressman Ryan uh, ended up being pretty much said, okay, I'm going to go investigate this. Now, the thing with him was he was always getting involved with issues. Yes. Firsthand. He liked to do that. He would go into, like he, at one point, I don't know if it was a jail or a prison in California, he went in there undercover, like, you know, to see how it would be. So he was one of these guys that liked to get in. Very hands-on. Yeah, very hands-on. So he, he, that's why they asked him, can you go down, and he was also from the Bay Area, can you go down and check on what's going on down right. there? Right, yeah, so Leo Ryan takes him, uh, camera crew, and a couple people with him. Yeah, he took his aide. Yeah, he took his aide. And his aide is Jackie Spear, and she is currently in Congress. The thing is, she also had his will. He, They knew it was that dangerous that they had, you know, to get their affairs in order before they even flew down there yeah because i was reading the yeah i uh while i was reading the uh, the book one of the one of many books that's come out about this uh in college and they were saying that when they went down to to well they tried to get into jonestown they landed in georgetown but they were staying in a hotel for a few days prior to even getting access to get into jonestown so there, there's a couple of uh days delay here on this so you, the first visit he goes down there and when I mean visit, just visiting the town itself. Yeah, Jonestown. Jonestown itself, that's correct. He only went one time. He didn't spend the night there. No, he did not. Ryan uh, inspected, uh, like I said, he inspected everything. The first visit went well. Congress, Congressman Ryan, of course, they had that... The pavilion? The pavilion, you know, saying, because uh, there's mics everywhere, of course, because, uh, you know, that's what Jim Jones communicated with in his little speeches or tirades or sermons. Yeah, it's PA system. PA system, saying that, the, uh, quote, that all the folks were saying that Jonestown was the best thing that ever happened to them. And that's on video. Yes, it is. But then there was reports later that before Congressman Ryan got there, they were all told, come forward, what are you going to say? So they were kind of checked on their stories and their testimonies. Right. They better say what Jim Jones wanted to hear. Right. Yeah, of course. So 
Now, during this time, I guess people were slipping notes and stuff during this time as they well. They were slipping them to the camera the crew. The camera crew. The camera stuff. crew, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, the second visit, Congress and Ryan's crew were, were handing the notes and saying that they basically wanted to leave. Lee and, of course, Leo Ryan went straight to Jim Jones asking about it. Now, that's also on video, too, where... Jim Jones is like, hey, there's liars. I'm surrounded by liars, this, this, and that. You can see where he's going off on the deep end. Yeah, right well, he got upset, as we recall, when he was a kid. Remember, he would lock up people in the attic, yeah. wouldn't let them go. Wouldn't let them go. They had their little revival meetings in, when he was a child, and he didn't want to let them go. So this is kind of ties in with the fact that he didn't want to let anybody go. No, Because yeah. he felt that it was a total betrayal of him and everything. Yeah. So, of course, during that time, he was also... Jim Jones said, fine, if they want to leave, they can leave. I don't care. You want to go, go. So 15 people decided to go. Out of 900 plus, 15, that's that's not that bad. Well, to him it was, though. To, to him, of course. But in the modern, it was like 15 people, 900 want to stay. Well, from what happened, well, for him was that once they took the 15 people, of course, you know, Leo Ryan noticed that he was extremely upset in regards to that. But he did, he, he kind of assured Jim Jones, hey, you got a really good thing going here. Everything was perfectly fine. Everything was perfectly fine. While he was having this conversation, one of Jim Jones' parishioners jumps up behind him to try to slash his throat with the blade. Now, that's crazy. That's in the middle of the conversation saying you have a really great. He's praising Jim Jones. I don't understand that. I, 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 and of course, we don't know now because, you know. Yeah. So. You know, because uh, I guess from my understanding, Leo Ryan was going to stay behind while the truck was leaving with the people. Oh, wow. Yeah. So, <laughs> yeah, imagine. So after that, of course, Jim Jones is saying, I guess this changes your opinions. He's like, not entirely. But he did. But, but he, did, he didn't get cut, he, but he had blood on his shirt. But, but that he was did run the to the flatbed truck oh, and hopped skippy, right he in ran. on Oh, that. absolutely. Now, they were going to the They were going airfield. to the airstrip. They were mm-hmm. going to the air, right, straight to the airstrip. They were not staying a night. They were, they, uh, they were not staying an additional night. He 15 people. He, 15 people, and his, the crew that Leo Ryan showed up with. Right, so he had his aide, he had the camera people and that kind of thing. Yeah, so they Support up, people. Exactly, so they should go up to the airstrip. Now... They started getting on the airplane. Now, now while they're unloading and getting, getting ready to get on these airplanes at the strip, a tractor pulls up with the trailer behind it. Inside that trailer are men with guns. As soon as they pull up, they didn't even hear them pull up because the engines were running. And these are propeller planes. It's not like a jet. It's propeller planes. So it's making a lot of noise. Next thing you know, shots are fired, and it turns into it's fish in a barrel, unfortunately, at that, at that time. And during this time, now, there is actual footage of this happening because the cameraman had his camera on one of the gunmen who was actually at that point murdering Congressman Ryan. And then, of course, that same person who took the video, he was the other one of the individuals that ended up getting killed as well. But the camera kept rolling. The camera kept rolling. So five were killed total, including Congressman Ryan, like I said. Ten were were wounded. And the rest fled inside the jungle. Right, and they had to. I know that Jackie Spear was wounded, yeah, and she, she was. played dead. And I guess I think that they they tried to shoot her; it didn't work or something. She was spared, and the other people ran into the jungle, 
and they just went back. Then the murderers went back to Jonestown. Yeah, because we're we're if you take a look at the location of the airstrip, there's like ten feet tall grass. Yeah. Wait. Once you go in, once there, you're you in, you're done. You, yeah. you know, you, you can't yeah, find. Good it. luck. Good luck trying to find someone in there. So yeah, sure. So ended up what happening is that they go and tell Jim Jones that, you know, it's it's Congressman Ryan is dead. Now, once he hears of this, Jim Jones knows what's going to happen next. He knows he's he's done. So what he does is he calls everyone to the pavilion, saying his phrases of white knight, white knight. So everyone starts to come around into the pavilion. During this time, people people were noticing that a group of parishioners were uh, getting making a, a concoction of some kind. It's a fruit punch. It's kind a, of thing. It's, it was a flavor aid. Uh, flavor aid, grape flavor. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, but this was laced with potassium cyanide. Now, of course, once this was made, he goes on his little conversation. This is all on video or on audio. And some of it's on vi- uh, no, none of it's on video. It's all on audio. Yes, it's right. all on audio. Now they did have a reenactment of it that's they on a, YouTube. It's also. on YouTube also, but it's called Jonestown Paradise Lost. That's the reenactment. That's the reenactment. Mm-hmm. But if you if you look it up, uh, if you if you guys wanted to listen to it, it's up to you. It's called Jonestown Death Tapes. I can't get through it. It's just it's too creepy. But that's all recorded now. Jones made the children drink first, and then after that, the adults followed. Now, once that's done, the government officials, obviously, they're going to come. And and the repercussions are coming. So what happened was the uh, Guyana of government officials... But what happened to Jim Jones? Did he we, drink? We, 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 we're, hold on. <laughs> You're jumping up ahead a little bit, but that's fine. Uh, the government officials arrived the next day. Now, they're in the middle of a jungle. So they're helicoptering in. Okay, so you see the visions. What happened was is that the, one of the officials that was on the uh, helicopter was noticing that it looked like a scene where you would see aerial views of like end of a carnival because everybody was in different or a clothing or a festival or something that just like just ended. That, yeah. So it just looked like it was just cluttered trash all over the place. And then they landed, and unfortunately it was not that. It was more than that. It was basically, well, it was everybody died. The total on that was uh, 900 and 18 people total died 276 were children now the original count was to 914 or no sorry 916 but there were also members that were in Georgetown the house of Georgetown uh it was a uh obviously Jim Jones Jr. was there in Georgetown with the basketball team there was about 84 people that were involved with the basketball team that probably meant support people plus the players Trainers the coaches and, the yeah. whole medical so they were not at Jonestown they were not at Jonestown and then they, of course they had the house in Georgetown which had the radio system mm-hmm. the, the communication between uh, Jones Jonestown and Georgetown he he radioed now we're backtracking a little bit beforehand once he f- found out that Leo Ryan was murdered, Jim Jones gets on the radio, tells the pe- the I forgot there was a woman. There was who a ran woman it. and her daughter mm-hmm. was at the house at Georgetown, radioed them saying, yeah. "White Knight" or whatever. It's it's time. Mm-hmm. And during that time, it was on the radio. It was just him, George uh, Jim Jones Jr. was in the room. 
also with the lady. I can't remember her name. It's it escapes me. But he at that time during the narration, he is saying, "My dad was." That's when he's talking about the drug use and all that kind of stuff and how he's going off the deep end, and he was slowly killing himself, saying that, you know, my dad didn't want to die alone. That's his whole one of his main fears is dying alone. So he didn't want to die alone, but he was not at the time when the two girls did it. Either they killed each other, committed suicide, but it wasn't a pretty death. We'll just leave it at that. That's when everything just started to, to come in. But when they were doing the looking around the bodies they this end, is back at Jonestown this is back at Jonestown I'm sorry back at Jonestown the government officials found Jim Jones now Jim Jones hmm he didn't drink the Kool-Aid as they say this is where the phrase comes from he was found with a bullet uh, wound behind the, his temple they don't know if Jim Jones did it himself there's speculation that a guard did it I feel a guard did it after he drank he drank the the drink then he turned on which upsets me a little bit. Well, this whole thing upsets me, but if this is your master plan and you're not willing to go out like with the rest of them, kick rocks. Anyway. Oh, he was a coward. Yes, he was. Now, to follow up on this, all the bodies, but there are 248 that were never claimed. We don't know why, uh, but they do have a resting they have them in a cemetery, yeah, a cemetery in Oakland. It's called the Evergreen Cemetery, and there's a section for it's a this. It's a common grave. They have a mm-hmm. common grave for, and they're all buried there. Two hundred forty-eight people, uh, with a, a placard saying that you know, you know, this is a reminder of the the Jonestown tragedy. Now I know this here is the largest death total in one time period. Some people say mass suicide. Other people say mass murder because a lot of these people did not want to die that day. It was imposed upon them. It could and be so it would be more of a murder than a suicide. Right. Well, this this was the most in, in U.S. history mm-hmm. until 9-11. So this is as far as a death okay. in one time. All right. so, mm-hmm. But, you know, wrapping it up here. So I wanted to do a few things that happened in the aftermath of this. Mm -hmm. So if you can imagine that, you know, this news hits, I was alive and and watching TV at the time and saw the news footage. It was horrible. But imagine that you had relatives, people that you knew, and a lot of people did in the Bay Area in particular. What happened is there was some kind of hysteria going on. Right. They felt like, well, if I'm an ex-member or I criticized, there were some public officials that were afraid that these hit squads from the People's Temple were going to come and just start murdering people. Right. Because if that happened down there, what could happen? I mean, it was sort of a hysteria that went on. Right. There was never any evidence that there were hit squads. There was some calls to Leo Ryan's widow that was could have been just a cruel joke who knows right yeah who knows so that was going on the relatives of the people they had to wait to see who survived and who didn't cuz they had to go through everyone and figure it all out right and they're there for days waiting at a certain point and also they were there at the Geary building in San Francisco that the people's temple yeah, purchased it was located, yeah and they were screaming at the members that were left behind. And now there was about 100 people in the People's Temple that were still part of it. Now, they're imagine, imagine them. They're like, 
wait, what just happened? You know, their leader's gone, their relatives, their friends are all gone. Right. Everything's, I mean, everyone's devastated. Yeah. The other thing that happened is there was a public relations person. His oh, name yeah. was Michael, P-R-O-K-E-S. Prokit. Prokis. We'll go with Prokit. He ended up calling a press, a conference. press conference. And as he was doing this press conference, he he committed suicide right in front of everyone. Yeah. I didn't get a f- chance to finish the, uh, um, the... The video? The video, yeah. I just... You know, because obviously we got to get started, but... Um... Yeah, it was in 1979, so he had some time to think about that. Now, the other thing that happened that we were alluding to earlier was Ma- Mayor Moscone and Supervisor Harvey Milk were yeah. ended up getting murdered in City Hall yeah, nine Dan- days after this tragedy. Yeah, by Dan White. Yeah. Uh, Dan White was another supervisor. Now, this had nothing to do with the People's Temple. But it was more but fuel at to the, the fire. Yeah, you feel like this all happened, boom, boom, boom. You're like, wait, what? You know, what is happening? And at first they thought that might be linked, but it was not linked. Yeah. Now, the other thing that before Moscone and Milk were murdered, of course they were saying, where the reporters were asking them, well, you, you were a supporter of Jim Jones. What do you think? And the interesting thing was that Moscone defended Jim Jones because he said, well, I didn't know. Of course, no one knew he would do that. Yeah, no one was going to do that. He also said, well, he did have some alcohol and drug rehabilitations. He was a social worker, you know, that kind of thing, the community. But he never really was against him. And also Harvey Milk mentioned that it was a great experiment that didn't work, or did it? which was kind of a strange comment. Right. But nine days later, they were gone, so it really doesn't matter. And people say a lot of weird things, and just right. because they say something doesn't mean it's true or false. Doesn't Sometimes it's, yeah. it's just people's feelings. Well, the other thing that was interesting was Willie Brown. I did mention him before. Yeah, He was a big power broker in the state of California, in San Francisco. When he was asked about it, he still praised him. He had no regrets, but he did say, well, if I knew he was mad, I wouldn't have supported him. But right. he never backed down. Also, the Reverend Jesse Jackson oh, at the time, mm. he refused to disparage him at all. He just said that, I hope all the good things he did will not be discounted because of this tremendous tragedy. Now, I, I just it's kind of like saying, you know, Hitler did good for the German people and got their economy. I hope that because of World War II and all of the Holocaust that that won't be held against him. It doesn't it doesn't it doesn't make any sense to me. No. No, I mean cuz what cause you're what you're saying in regards to Mr. Hitler is actually accurate. Um, and same with Jim Jones. Same with Jim Jones. I mean, he had an agenda for why he was doing that, I think originally he might have had a passion for it, but he was a narcissist. He was definitely a sociopath. He didn't have any other feelings except for himself. Right. You know, this is just, this was the worst thing. Another what if. It's another what if. You know, if he just, I don't know, man. I mean, this is, you know, when we're talking about it, you know, off off mic, it's like, oh no, we could do this, do that. And then when you start talking about it, it's a little eerie, eerie around. It. So I could see why you were 
very emotional in regards to talking about right, this because, more than I was. Well, yeah, because when it happened and I saw the footage, I just never had seen anything that horrible. I was young. You were only six months old. It was my birthday. You know, all of these things, right. I just really made an impact. When we did talk about the Rosh Nishis and that whole thing in our previous series, this was 1978. They started this thing up with that movement in Oregon in 1981. Right, Hence and that's just fresh why, off the, yeah. Yes, and that was fresh off of this terrible tragedy. Yeah, and San Francisco's not that far of a drive from Oregon, so... Not really. No. Just a few hours. Just a few hours, so... Anything else you would like to say, Carl? No, man, this is, this is pretty deep. You know, it's pretty emotional. It's sad. Going through, there's a lot more out there that you can easily, if you really want to go down a rabbit hole, you can. I chose not to on this one. I uh, think you have in the past. You did a lot of research. I did a lot of research, in, yeah, a little over 10 years ago. I mean, when I first, I'll tell you the story. I was in the library. I was supposed to be doing my uh, uh, study of uh, the human body. Uh, we're talking about organs and muscles and bones and things. I was supposed to be getting ready for a final. I was looking for a book. To, to help me with, you know, uh, for like, not labeling, but for uh, identifying uh, what needs what I need to do for the test, for the exam. Show, show enough, I'm looking through the books. The library wasn't that big, so let's not like, oh, it's this huge, massive library. No, it was about maybe one, two, three, maybe four total things of books, because it was, it was uh, you know, somehow that book was, was there. It was, uh, um, oh man, I can't remember the book, but it was the Jim, it was one of the, one of the surviving journalist that was on that trip wrote that that book i started because like, oh my gosh i remember this and i started reading it and i i read that book in two days in two days i passed i passed the test which was nice but you know in two days i read that book cover to cover and it was just wow you know it, it, it's it's I, I i very very vividly remember a time magazine when i was covered Time magazine cover where it's infamous now, where it has that vat of three quarters empty purple Kool Aid, and then you have that walkway, and then you have the bodies on the left and to the right. You know, Paradise Lost. I mean, that's one of the probably one of the most famous Time magazine covers of all time. So it's just when you maybe this is probably what triggered my thing for you know Colson and and uh, extreme beliefs, if you want to call it. I know it's the name of a show, but it's true. Is that you know what? What could drive a person to go to this length? I'm not talking just by the people who are falling, which is still you know crazy, but the human being himself. That's that that that. Uh, it's just a, a full blown just tragic way to looking at it. And I know this is probably the worst as far as the end game goes when it comes to who we'll be talking about in the future. So I have another thing that we knew a person who, it's quite about 25 years ago, mm. who went up to the Bay Area <laughs> to try to start a church up there. Right. Mm -hmm. Later on, it didn't, it wasn't successful, but there could have been many other reasons. But a lot of the reason was because of that People's Temple. That's now this correct. would have been in the early 90s, mm -hmm. so we're still talking, you know, what, 12, 13 years since... Guyana. Right. So yeah. it's fresh still. Yeah, well, I remember we went to, we went, didn't we go to their, their one of their services? It was actually in a park. 
No, that was someone different. That was someone different, okay. So this guy tried to do it in Berkeley area, so it's close to Oakland. Right, yeah, no, it's no. all in the same... No, it's in that deal. same pot, yeah. And a lot of the people were not interested because no. the church he was trying to start was multiracial, it had this cutting edge, you know, all this other stuff, and they weren't interested because nope. their relatives died. Or okay? they knew someone who knew someone who died because... Well, the, the no, pe- I mean, everyone had a relative that died. Right. At that point. Well, yeah, 900's a lot. Yeah, so everybody was touched, and they had no interest in it. That was one of the things that that was interesting. Well, the thing, too, is that churches really don't thrive in San Francisco anymore. No. If they're not been established prior to this, I don't think that they're... Or in that Bay Area period. In that Bay Area period, yeah. I mean, if it's like... Although we don't know a lot about other churches, but, you know, we... But that's what, to my understanding, that's... What I see, if it's not already been established pre this, mm. there's still that stigma of starting a Christian, non-denominational, you know, Pentecostal-ish type of church. They're not, they're not buying it. There's that because that's such a, a tragic, you know, it affected the city mm-hmm. so heavily that it pretty much ruined it. And one more thing, and then we should wrap it up. Sure. So when people, I mean, we say it, we shouldn't, is is a thing like, oh, don't drink the Kool-Aid. That's actually pretty bad thing to say because a lot of people lost their lives on something of that nature. And maybe we should probably think twice about it before well, we say these things. I'm uh-huh. not saying we, you, me, but no. I mean people in, in general. general because they don't remember what happened they either don't remember they don't know or they just don't know they just like oh that's that okay yeah you know it makes sense to them psych uh, subconsciously but they really don't realize what it was about no i agree with you okay so with that all right so with that uh, we hope you enjoyed it please let us know how you think please let us know how you feel you know we do have the the twitter twitter is cults coffee convo con one cults coffee con one right and we have a the, Gmail address. The Gmail account, which is Colts Coffee Convo at, at gmail.com. gmail.com. We also do have our Facebook page, uh, which is Colts Coffee Conversation, all one word. And we also do have the Instagram, which is Colts Coffee Convo as well. That's great. All right, so yeah, let us know what you know. Hit us up, give us five stars. Uh, if you didn't give us five stars. And please subscribe. Yes, please subscribe. Yeah, let's just go ahead and just uh, call her tonight. So uh, good night, Holly. Good night, Carl.